Yeah, Shohei Otani's pretty close to being an angel, right? Like, well, he's currently an angel, but he's pretty close to being a Dodger, actually, probably. Oh, no, dang it. So, good morning. Good morning to y'all. I'm praying uh, this morning that you're able to connect with God, that you're uh, being blessed right where you are. doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, but that God is meeting you this morning. So, let's do our Sunday mission statement declaration. We come out, call it our shout-out sometimes, okay? What do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. This weekly uh, declaration sits at the very heart of who we are as a church, collectively, and how we ought to navigate uh, in our lives individually. To live a life that does those two critical things, that, that loves God and loves others, is to live a life well. With our final week here in Angel Encounters, uh, today we're going to see especially that important part of loving God. And the way, one of the primary ways that we can love God is by worshiping God. And so more specifically, we're going to focus on that worship of God as the primary vehicle to show our love to God. And to do it, we're going to look at some examples of how angels worship. And so for our angel encounter today, we're going to see how angels are worshiping God. And from that, maybe we can glean how we can better worship God. So angels showing us the way to worship because having examples of how to do something in life is really important. When my grandfather immigrated here uh, from a poor nation, it used to be Yugoslavia from Slovenia, when he immigrated to the States, he got here and he had never seen all sorts of kinds of fruits. And one of the fruit that he had never seen was a banana. Now he'd seen an apple before and so uh, he didn't know how to eat a banana in fact. And so when he got his first banana, he ate it like you would eat an apple. He just took a big bite of that banana, mm, and that was probably delicious. If you've ever accidentally bit a banana-like shell, not very good. And uh, from then on, he never ate another banana in his life because he hated bananas after that. No one showed him how to eat a banana. Like, it's sort of weird, right, because we take that for granted. But if no one ever showed you, then you wouldn't know how to eat a banana. Uh, a few weeks ago, my dryer at my house broke. And... That's the worst, because you're like, do I have to buy a new briar? That's like $500, right? So I think I can fix it. So I YouTube, like, uh, what's wrong with my dryer? So it was heating, so it's not like fire. The fire was working. Well, it's not probably not fire. I don't know what it is, actually. But some sort of heat source, was uh, that, that was working. And then it would turn on, and I, it sounded like it was working. But then I noticed that it wasn't spinning around. So what do I do? Like every uh, good American, I YouTube that because YouTube can tell you how to do everything. And uh, my daughter was with me, and so I said, hey, sweetie, let's go fix the dryer together. And so we YouTube that, and uh, in YouTube, someone, someone shows you step-by-step step how to do something. And then we watched that, and we were appliance repair people immediately. Boom. <laughs> it only took about 15 minutes. It, uh, this is a common problem with your dryer, and he told us, and he showed us where to look for it. And uh, we took out a few screws, popped off the top, the band had popped off. We just put that band back on, and we're ready to go. And so YouTube showed us the way. It was really exciting. We buttoned it back up. It was about 15 minutes. My daughter was putting in the last two screws, and she dropped one into the she dropped one into the lint thing. And then I was like, "Is that okay?" I don't know. So what do I do? 
I YouTube it, right? So then I look at YouTube and YouTube shows me this picture and there's a fan where it falls onto it. And I was like, uh-oh, that could get trapped in that fan. And so then the next hour and a half, we were taking apart the back of the dryer and then we were in the back and then we're, well, since we're back there, we might as well vacuum it up. And then I guess, so it became a whole other thing. But that, like little two screws. But then after we put that back together, and the dryer worked. So YouTube success. And we didn't pay any money and it only caused some stress. Isn't it weird that it's always like that last year, almost done, and there's like, there were like these tiny little screws, that's all we had to put left, and then we sort of extended our time. It would have been like such a success story if it was just that first 15 minutes and we were, we were good to go. But we figured it out, um, and, but that shows the importance of examples. There's no way I could have opened up a dryer and figured out why. The, there's no way on earth that I could do. I don't have that particular skill of, of being able to figure out why something's broken and how to fix it. And so... Uh, it's really cool that we had example to follow in YouTube. And uh, angels are like that for us. They're, angels are like our YouTube of worship. <laughs> angels are, will, will show us what is properly because they're, they're in the presence of God. And so they're worshiping God appropriately. And so we can look at the angels as examples, as our YouTube examples on how to worship. And we're going to do that this morning. And we're going to see them worshiping in all sorts of different settings in the human timeline, all the way from the beginning of creation to the end of the human timeline. We're going to watch them uh, just in a couple of areas. And so our first one, we're going to see them shouting for joy at the creation of the world. And this is found in Job chapter 34. God is speaking and he says this, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off the dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or or who laid its cornerstone while the, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? So in the beginning of creation process, there was worship. Morning stars is an, an, another way to talk about angels. Now, morning stars is a really difficult phrase in the Bible. It actually can mean angels good. It can actually mean angels bad. And it's once referred to, uh, Jesus is referred to as morning star. And then sometimes it just refers to actual stars. And so this word is a little bit, Difficult. So the only way you can figure out which it is is by context. And by context, we hear it, see clearly, especially with the second part, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, we see that we're talking about angelic, good angelic beings in this sense. So, so this is the, the, the first part where we, where we see what worship is, where they sang together as part of the worship. And, and that makes a lot of sense to us because that's primarily how we, we worship. When you think of worship, you probably think of like what we just did. We had a little worship time, and we sang together out loud, and, and that was worship, and that's fantastic, and that's one expression of worship is to sing together. But did you see the second part? Let's get that verse back up there. The second part says, they shouted for joy. Now, uh, they're shouting here. Joy enough to elicit shouting. I'm not sure if you always think of shouting as joyful. I'm not sure if shouting in your home is always joyful. Maybe if you're shouting at home, that's a, a different problem. But shouting out loud is another way to worship. Shouting, we see them here because they witnessed God in action. They saw his creative process. He's taking out of nothing and he's creating a universe. Shouting because they saw the power as he was setting the footings of creation shouting because of the wisdom and the precision of that creation and the knowledge of all the great things of how to measure it out and what would be the appropriate distances and, and how to create all these things. Now, this is a powerful worship point because God created the universe and he did it with such panache. I mean, God's created the universe so much that the angels are like, oh, 
oh, look at that, right? He's like, oh, dang, no. They're like, they're shouting. there was singing. So they were singing, and all of a sudden, God did something. They're like, oh, like that. Make that part of your worship as well. Now, probably if you're in the car, warn if there's someone else in your car with you that you're about to do that, or not, or not. But if you're the driver, you could do it. If you're not the driver, warn the driver. And just one time be driving, and you see something awesome, be like, whoa! And then everyone's like, ah, oh. like shout out worship. That is an appropriate way to worship God. And we see it from the angels. They were singing collectively. And then a few of them started to be like, what's going on? Like they started shouting out for joy. They were so excited about what was going on. They, they were so moved by something that they saw in creation. And, and that's a great way. Maybe, maybe you'll be at the beach a little bit later and we'll hear someone like down by the waves going like, Whoa! they're like, I'm just following the sermon, scaring other people away. And that way we have a nice private spot, right? If there are four or five of us shout, then they, we'll, we'll clear, out the, clear out that fire pit pretty easy. They don't want to sit around us. Shouting as part of worship. So we can, too can shout for joy as we worship, as we experience the creativity and the wonder and the goodness of God in creation. God in, in creating, creation of people, as we interact with other people, we could have a shout of joy, especially maybe you've, you meet a new friend, and you're like, oh, God, that was so awesome. They were so neat. They are such a blessing to be around in the heavens and earth, shouting out and singing out. We see angels worship next as God delivers a prophecy about the salvation of the world. And we saw this verse last week. In, in that year of King Uzziah uh, that he died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, two they covered their feet, and two they were flying, and, and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of the voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. So we saw this a little bit last week, but, but notice the sheer power that comes from the worship. Doorposts shaking, threshold shaking, fog machine blowing. I know Drew loves fog machines, so we can have that. And it's like, oh, this whole like scene is going on. And angels are calling out to one another, calling back and forth. What is the content of their call out? They're saying, holy is the Lord Almighty. Holy means absolutely without sin, perfect in goodness and righteousness, totally separate from anything evil, dark, or wrong. That's what holy means. So they're saying, God, you are holy. You are Lord. Lord means master, the one I yield to, the one who gives me direction, the one who tells me what to do. Holy are you, Lord Almighty. Just sound out Almighty, and that's what it means. Yeah, got it. The earth is full of your glory. Well, we're on earth. We're part of the glory of God. People with free will choosing to follow him and love him. Freely make him the Lord of our lives. This too is worship. Choosing God, following him. Worship because he is holy. He's perfect. And he's the Lord of our lives. This may not make sense to non-believers, but one of my primary go-to things that I worship God for is that he's sinless. When, when, I, when I worship almost always within the worship of God where I'm, I'm uh, sort of attributing worship to God for who he is, that I, I park on this place of his sinlessness, that he's holy. 
And I think it, part of it is because it's such a contrast to my reality. My reality and, and the earth that I live in is, is messed up. People do bad things. I see war and terror and horror all on the news. I, I see my own brokenness and sin in my own life, poor decisions, stupid stuff that I do. And then I have this God who's above that, who's outside of all this mess, who's not caught up in the mire. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have dirty hands. He's not caught in this filth. And that is so good to have, to be able to say, God, you are pure, you are perfect, and you are right. And we worship him because he is holy. And so I'm thankful that God is beyond this pettiness, that he's beyond sin. He's not mired in the filth of this world. Absolutely worth worshiping for any of us who have ever seen God's goodness or even glimpsed a bit of that perfection. That we can say, God, we worship you for that. But that holiness, it's not distant or out of touch. In fact, God made it touchable by coming onto this planet. And so next we see angels praising Jesus, the salvation of mankind, when he came to the planet. This is in Luke chapter 2. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, they appeared with uh, the angels praising God, and this is what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. These are the uh, baby Jesus appearing angels who appear to the shepherds. That's these guys right here, these angels. And they're, they're giving glory to God because God has sent salvation to the earth. God's peace will rest on, on whomever chooses this Savior, Jesus. Praising and saying, we see it here, right? See that heavenly host, was they were praising God and they were saying these things. And so we've had singing and shouting, calling, now praising and saying. And so it turns out the mode of worship is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you whisper it out or if you shout it out, if you sing it out, or if you wrap it up. I don't know what you want to do. But all those modes are appropriate. Screamo band to rap band it is all good if it's worship to God. Sing it or talk it or write it or, or maybe you could be one of those like word poet people, you know. All of that is good worship. The mode is irrelevant. It's just that worship is going to God. Worship God because his peace is available. This peace, this rest comes from Jesus. I'm reminded of that passage where Jesus says that. He, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus says, I can take care of the biggest worry of your life. I can show you the way to peace and rest in your life. Eternal peace, because you're in, secure in the salvation of Jesus Christ and entrance into he- heaven, because Jesus is providing the way. And we've got summer mission coming up in a, a couple of weeks. And, and I'll tell you that like uh, last couple of weeks, I've been up to one, two, three in the morning sort of thinking about it. Logistics, plane tickets, pickups, uh, exchange rates, make sure we have cash, make sure we don't get robbed of that cash, make sure we, you know, uh, programs and vans and people and, and friends and dynamics and team and blah, 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 blah. And, and when it's all unsettled like that, you can't really find any internal peace. I don't know about you guys, maybe like, if you lost your job and you're looking for a job and you're like, oh, I'm not sure what to do next. It's hard to find internal peace when like things aren't settled, right? It's hard to find rest uh, even in God when, when all these things are unsettled until you're reminded 
that God says, I've got the big picture, you, it's taken care of. The, the little disturbances in your life won't matter if you understand that the eternity is taken care of. You can find rest in the middle of whatever your circumstances are, knowing that Jesus has provided that rest eternally. And when my soul is secure, it doesn't much matter if one of the flights is going to be delayed. My soul's secure. I don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. So the turbulent yet temporary experiences of our existence won't matter when our afterlife is secure. So we worship because Jesus is the provider of that rest. That's what those angels were singing. They were saying, on peace to those on whom God's favor rests. How does the favor rest? Any who come into the presence of Jesus and ask him to be their Lord and Savior. Your eternity is secure. And in that place, we can have peace. And from there, easy to worship when you have peace. Easy to worship when you're like, okay, God, I know you got all this. I'm going to trust you with it and move forward. I'm going to worship you. Next, we'll see angels proclaiming praise when the end of the world comes. This is in Revelation chapter 5. Then I looked, uh, this is uh, John writing, uh, Apostle John. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. There were thousands and thousands, ten thousands, ten thousands of them. Like They're encircling the thrones and the living creatures and the elders are there. And in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Again, we see Jesus as the center of that worship. He is worthy to receive all of that. Power and wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, praise, all of it. The angels say, at the end of the day, they recognize, look, who's worthy of worship? God is worthy of worship because who he is, Jesus is God. And so he's worthy of worship for the things that he's done, for who he is, for the character of his person. One God has currently existed in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He alone is worthy of worship. Worship uh, is often said to just be worth-ship, telling someone what their value is. And so we place God on the highest possible value. So when we worship Him, we're saying, God, you are worthy of all these things. You are worthy of, of my heart. You're worthy of my obedience. You're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my money. You're worthy of my time. God, you're worthy of the worship. I don't want to praise anyone else. I want to praise you and you alone because you're the one that's in the number one slot. And lastly, we see angels just worshiping throughout. In Psalm 148, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all the angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly host. And we're reminded that the angels are in constant praise of God. It's not just they wait for a moment or they wait for a Sunday or they wait for like... The, they're constantly just, just praising at all the times of, the, of their existence. Now, they're in heaven... Praise, they're praising God, and those praises sort of pour down from heaven. I'm, I'm reminded that they're in the heights of heaven, and I was sort of imagining it like this. I was imagining it, and it, in, in my mind it was super cool. I don't know if in reality it is, but, but the angels in heaven praising, and that praising is like falling down, like rain kind of falls down from heaven. And then when we praise, it's sort of like fireworks shooting back up to heaven because we're, we're like, God, you're up there, and the angels are like, yeah, and their praise falls down. And so it meets in the middle. What happens when rain and fireworks met in the middle? of this kind of praise. And so I had that in mind. And so I want you to have that kind of in mind where the, the angels, the, their worship and praise of God is pouring down from the heights and, and ours is shooting up as you look at this 30-second video. Just keep that in mind as you're just looking at this video really fast here. 
stupid uh, fireworks show. It was like five minutes long. That was a really good fireworks show, and that was a pretty intense storm. And imagine you put them together, it's like uh, Olaf, right? Uh, well, I don't know he'll probably put out the fireworks, but in my mind it works, right? So all this praise is from the angels and all the praise is going up from us. When we worship, we join the chorus of angels who have been worshiping since the creation of the world. And, and we have even more reason to worship than they do because we have all the things that the angels have, plus we have salvation, plus we were made in God's image, plus we were adopted into his family as his sons and daughters. So the, if the angels are like this kind of crazy, multifaceted worship where sometimes they shout and sometimes they sing and sometimes they proclaim and sometimes they say and sometimes they wrap it out and sometimes they do it different ways, then, then we ought to be at least as crazy as that because we have more reason to worship. And I know that that totally resonates with our church. Yeah, get crazier in our worship. Dang it, no! I'll clap this time, okay, Pastor Seven? I, I'll poke fun a little bit, but... You know, our church has really grown in expression to God in worship from five years ago. If you think about five years ago, I think one person clapped once when I, when I had first visited the church, you know. There was, oop, and that was, everyone looked at them and they were so sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's like, a, it's, so our church is growing exponentially in this. But, but what is it like to have that freedom to just worship, to shout out, to be able to call out, speak, sing, shout, call, run that fog machine, says Drew. God is worthy of all... <laughs> Yeah, he guffawed. I could, that was loud enough to hear. <laughs> he doesn't like the fog, fog machine. He likes heavenly fog. Oh, right? Like that kind of thing. So some expression, and I want to say some expression of worship, not just on Sunday, but every day. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you, maybe you have a shout-out in your car. That's okay. Maybe, maybe you'll have a, no one's watching, rhyme it up in your car. You know, maybe you'll scream, oh, bandit. I don't know what you're going to do. But some form of worship every day. And I want to say thanks to the angels, our YouTube examples, for a tutorial on how to worship. Because God is worthy of our worship at all types of our worship. God is worthy in all times of our worship. And God is worthy in all manner of our worship. And so let's do that today, but, but not just today. We're going to end with worship, but, but let's do that every day. I want to challenge you this week to, to just find a moment. It doesn't have to be big, long. These didn't seem overly long. Some of them were just one sentence. Where maybe you shout it out or you call it out or you try a different mode each time. One day you sing it out, one day you call it out, one day you shout it out, one day you speak it out. But a different thing each week. This Every day, would you just worship God in whatever manner He calls your heart to do. And so, let's get to it as a church right now. Would you stand with me? And it's okay if you want to clap and say a little shout of amen. And we are going to launch our fireworks of praise into heaven to God. So imagine that. Right now we're going to say, God, we're going to launch these fireworks to you. And so let's get it. Light that fuse. 